Welcome back to another episode of the Rust Belt Rivals. I am Pittsburgh Steeler fan Nick Angelo, joined as always by my good friend, Cleveland Brown fan Simon Siegel. Stat boy Charlie is in the building, but before we get started, I just want to congratulate everyone on completing and finishing the New York City Marathon that happened this past weekend, including Charlie's lovely wife, Kat. Congratulations, Kat, on completing the marathon. I don't understand why people run for fun and no reasons, but hey, a lot of people do, and uh, congratulations, I guess. Right, guys? Simon, you going to run a marathon? I mean, only if someone is chasing me, trying to kill me. I think that's about (laughs) the only way I'm going to run, you know, unless it's, you know, 26 mimosas. That's what I wanted to do for our contribution is, you know, we all met up for brunch, you know, pre-race. Well, not really pre-race. Cat Cat was already running while we were, uh, I was tucking into my eggs, Benny. Uh, (laughs) But I was like, well, I'll just drink 26 mimosas and in kind of uh, in solidarity with Cat. But uh, my my wife shot that down. Yeah. Your own type of marathon. Yeah. And and like most marathon runners, I probably would have cramped up around five or six. So, um, you know, uh, just uh, I'm more of a short distance kind of guy, you know, from here to the to fridge. To the fridge? Yeah. You know, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not, finishing, finishing each other's sandwiches. That's <laughs> right. Uh, but you know what? Let's uh, let, let's get right into this. You know, we were on a bye week. So, or Charlie's coming off a nice victory over there in Tampa. But Cleveland, Pittsburgh, we were both on a bye. Had some time to reflect uh, so let's just do our two-minute drill right now. Uh, I, I will go first unless you decide not, unless you insist, Simon, on going first. Oh, no, the, the, floor, the, floor is, the floor is yours. <laughs> Fantastic. Charlie, why don't you put two minutes on the clock for me, and we'll start this week's two-minute drill. Three, two and a half, one, go. Ah, uh, yes, the bye week had a lot of time to reflect. Now, it's no surprise to anybody on this panel or listeners to this show that I was not a huge fan of Kenny Pickett draft. I thought we could have gotten an upgrade at center with a generational talent. I thought that, hey, if we're going to lose this season, might as well lose and go into this coming draft where the quarterback class was stocked. But you know what? What has happened has happened. Let's get on with it. Kenny Pickett is our quarterback, and he's going to be our quarterback for the future. Now, is he playing great? No, of course not. Is he playing bad? Eh. He's a rookie quarterback taking his lumps. What do I always say? Young quarterbacks have to learn how to play this game. You can't just throw them out there. It takes time to develop into a quarterback in this league. Kenny Pickett is learning it in a crash course. But let's look around the league. Let's look at the other rookie quarterbacks. Desmond Ritter in Atlanta isn't even seeing the field, and that team desperately needs to see a quarterback change. Malik Willis, the guy, I'll admit, that I wanted to see the Steelers take, is now forced into a starting role, and they won't even let this guy throw the ball. Now, granted, he has Derrick Henry behind him, but holy smokes, they can't, they won't even let him throw the ball. He's not ready. And if you want to roll the tape to my critique of Malik Willis going into the draft, what did I say? I said, you know, all that scrambling and running around, 
it might not translate well in the NFL. It doesn't always work. And if you saw the end of that game on Sunday night, it sure as hell didn't. So what is your rest of the season outlook for the Pittsburgh Steelers? You're sitting here at what? Two and six? Two and six. I mean, I got to assume that we're going to try to win the games. We're not going to tank. That's not that's not what I asked you. I I asked about the outcome, not what you're going to try to do. Because of because of that, I think we're going to probably go 500 the rest of the way. (laughs) I think our schedule. (laughs) Stepway Charlie has opinions on that. Our schedule gets easy. I think the idea of Kenny Pickett getting better. Uh, TJ Watt is going to come back, if not this week, sometime soon. I think that this team plays themselves out of a high draft pick like they do every year. All right. Is it going to be pretty? No. But I just really, I really just want to see the maturation of Kenny Pickett. And that was kind of my point there is that it could be worse. I mean, look at what Tennessee's doing. They won't even let this kid throw the ball. So here we are. This is the learning curve. Let's get out there, take your bumps, take your bruises, and let's get some W's. Let's get this kid a win. And so, let's see how it falls into place. One more question for you. And we're, we're going to talk about, you know, obviously the, my favorite player to talk about on the Pittsburgh Steelers with you. But really, we're actually not going to talk about him. We're going to talk about Jalen Warren and whether or not he should be on the waiver wire or if we're going to see Najee Harris get shut down because it sounds like this Jalen Warren's going to be featured more this week against New Orleans. I certainly thought about snagging him in our league, but I, I decided to go wide receiver with my dart throw. Um, so. What do you think? Are we about to see Jalen Warren as the featured back in Pittsburgh the rest of the season? Or do you think Najee can, I don't know, fix whatever's broken? In the X's and O's, I think Jalen Warren gets a lot lot more looks. I also think that he is a home run splash play, if you will, waiting to happen. But he's also an undrafted rookie. He'll probably have some fumbles. He'll probably make some mistakes. So we're going to see, as for fantasy purposes, if you got a deep bench, why not? You know, running back is, it always dwindles towards this time of the year. If you have a deep bench and a spot ready to go, yeah, take Jalen Warren. I'll tell you what, and we can get to this a little bit later. And this isn't because I hate the guy. This is just pure statistics. If you're going to take, if you're going to pick up OBJ right now, who isn't on a team, Take Jalen Warren instead. If you have the the spot on your roster, take a guy who's actually going to play. Because, and once again, this isn't, oh, I hate OBJ. I'm kind of over that, actually. The guy hasn't been fantasy relevant when healthy in five seasons. Why are you picking him up in your, on your fantasy team when he's not even well, signed because, yet? Because if you look at a team like Kansas City, and you were to put OBJ in that lineup, their number one is Juju, and he's clearly their number one. Well, Kelsey is their number one, but if we're talking strictly the wide receiver position, and then it's, what, McCole Hardman? Eh. 
MVS has done nothing. Is he hurt? Sky Moore has been basically non-existent, except for I feel like every so often there's like uh, a, a long pass that falls in complete. It's like, oh, intended for Sky Moore. That's the only time I hear Sky Moore's name anymore. Um, but I think that OBJ is intriguing. But I do. I do agree in a league like ours where you have a four man bench. I'm going to be because you can't stash OBJ on like IR or something like that. That's important. He has the NA designation. So I would be targeting a guy like I dropped Jamison Williams. He shouldn't be out there. He might not come back till December. But if you're a playoff team and you need a little extra juice and you've got that IR spot open, not a bad pickup. But I, I agree with you, but I can understand why Odell, again, depending on the size of your bench, depending on what kind of league you're in, why he could be appealing just because of where he could end up now. I'm not going to spend that pick on him because or that that roster spot on him because I like you. I'm, I'm more concerned about him just seeing the field physically, like physically being healthy enough to see the field. Like if he was healthy, sure, I understand it. But I don't believe that he's where he needs to be to contribute to a fantasy team or you're going to trust him to contribute at that point in the season. Yeah, just just pump your brakes. Like I said last week, you know, the art of playing fantasy football. Don't get in your head. Think about it. I mean, the guy hasn't been fantasy relevant when healthy. So relax. If you have if you have the roster spot, fine. I get it. I understand. Simon's points are are accurate, but just relax before you go spending all your money on the guy. But Charlie, why don't you put two minutes on the clock for Mr. Siegel? We'll talk about what happened in Cleveland during the bye week. One, one and a half, three, let's go. <laughs> So it was lovely to be on by this last week. Although Ohio State versus Northwestern certainly gave me those uh, those Sunday feelings for a little bit there. But the Browns head into, as I said on last week's episode, the most important three-game stretch of the season. And by all reports, they're going to be healthier for this game against Miami. Denzel Ward finally back at practice after uh, suffering a concussion that kept him out a couple of weeks, which has been an issue and definitely a concern. And that is somebody that I, again, as much as I love the Browns, as much as I love Denzel Ward, you put the person before the player sometimes. And I have a lot of concern there, but he was back at practice. Wyatt Teller was back at practice. And you're going to need everybody at full strength for a gauntlet of Miami, Buffalo, and Tampa Bay. And it seemed like a gauntlet when we last met, but now Miami, obviously they can put up points, but they can give them up just as easily. Buffalo suddenly in a wait and see mode with Josh Allen sounds like nothing major immediately, but he doesn't sound a hundred percent. And the jets showed that they are vulnerable. And then you have Tampa Bay who, while they won that game, didn't find the end zone until their final drive. I like where we're at and the fire that we came out with against Cincinnati. If that can transfer over, if they put in the work and they prepped and they are ready for this game, I think that you have a real shot of putting your position yourselves in a position to go after the division when Watson comes back for those last six games. But it all starts with Miami on Sunday and uh, buckle up folks. Uh, let me ask you two quick questions. Are you concerned that the momentum that you did come out with that fire that you alluded to on Halloween 
that seems like an eternity ago. Do you think the bye may have hurt any momentum that you got coming out of that game? When you were in a sport like the NFL and you beat up your body every fucking week and as beat up as our team was going into that game, I think the benefit of getting healthier outweighs the idea of momentum. Yes, of course, you always want to play immediately after you have a great game, but that's not how it works. And again, these guys are professionals. And I do think that some of the prep that goes in, I don't think it's what happened in the 60 minutes of football in that game. Is that what made that game go? What made the game how it did? I think it's the prep that they did leading up to it. I think it's the investment in the playbook and making sure the communication was tight. I think those are the important things because the talent had always been there to do that this season. And so as much as I love momentum, I think being healthier and building on what you did in that prep leading up outweighs the, hey, we needed to play this last week. Momentum and mimosas. That's what Simon loves. Real quick, Donovan Peoples-Jones, fantasy. Should he be on your team? Man, so probably, uh, oddly enough, this has been like documented a lot this week. Uh, Amari Cooper doesn't play as well as on the road, but guess who does? Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think he's he's really interesting. And it'll be interesting to see, again, how that offense develops with the quarterback change. Again, it could take a major step back. That is obviously an acknowledgement. But the investment they made was with the outlook of, no, it's going to take at least a step forward, if not two. So I think he's an interesting grab. I don't feel comfortable starting him just yet. But again, like the bye weeks go through week 14. That's the last week of the regular season in fantasy. So that will be a couple of weeks in to the Deshaun Watson experience. So that might benefit you if you're somebody who has, oh, I don't know, Michael Pittman on the Colts who has a buy in week 14. Hey, Donovan Peoples-Jones at that point in time might be at a point. So this is, this is, we're going to talk a lot about fantasy on this episode. Um, We're going to give you a lot of players that we're keeping our eyes on. But I think this is the time where if you are a team who is looking like you were a playoff team, then you should be looking to that playoff schedule and what players you might need to throw out there based on kind of how guys are looking. Um, There are certain players that you should probably still be in a wait and see approach on Cortland Sutton. I am not dropping Cortland Sutton yet, but I've seen he's been dropped in other leagues. And I think that that's, it's a bit of an overreaction just yet. Jerry Judy. Oh, it's Jerry Judy show now. Well, no, he went through that same bad stretch earlier in the season too, but there's other charitable parts of your roster that you should be looking ahead to, Hey, is this guy going to be a down the stretch player for me? Because that's what you want to kind of look at now. And we'll touch on some of that, particularly with Thursday night's game, but anything else before we uh, take a little trip this week, Nick? Uh, No, Simon, I'm actually very curious to see who our sponsor is this week. Well, folks, we are going to take our trip around the league this week, brought to you by Jack White Castle. Feed your Seven Nation Army today. <laughs> Where are we starting to? Actually, you know, before we start, Chuck, can you give us a, a standings update after last week's games? Both of you had awesome weeks. Just wanted to give a quick shout out there. We have Nick at 10 and 3 last week and Simon at 9 and 4. Just Love to see it. I'll take more that. Reason I'll wh- take that. More reason to listen to this pod. Um, 
on the season, we've got Nick making a nice little comeback here uh, at 71, 64, and one. And we have Simon at 81, 54, and one. So it's still a 10 game lead. I like, yeah. I like, I like the position I'm in right now. And I, this is going to be the week, Simon. I'm either going to blow myself completely out of this thing or I'm going to take the lead because here's a little spoiler alert before we take our trip. I'm going upset mania. A lot of these matchups are rubbing me the wrong way. So, so, uh, so, so hold on. I know now Nick said this before, like he said this on, uh, on the text. Oh, it's gonna be upset mania for me this week. And as I went through this week, there are so many of these games where we said before, there is no fucking upset because who the fuck knows on some of these. So if you're going by the spread, sure. But like the spreads on these, there are a couple well, that are, you're like, okay, yeah, sure. This is a gimme. Well, but well, I, let's, I'm curious let's to out. see. Let's find out. It's, then. The, it's the, it's the second, it's the second lowest total points scored average uh, since what? 2007 or something like that. Uh, I think this year we're averaging like 21 points a game. Yeah. Which when, and for all you all you Browns fans who were like, oh, Kevin Stefanski, this and that. The Browns are putting up well above 21 points a game most weeks here. So, folks, shut the fuck up. All right. Well, where, are we, where are we starting to this week, Charlie? First, uh, I, I'll be curious to see uh, who's the who's the favorite here, at least in Nick's eyes. Uh, we're going to Carolina. We got the Thursday night matchup against uh, the Falcons going against the Panthers. Who Who are you favoring? I'm going to take the home team, the Carolina Panthers, in this game. Now, does that does, mania. does that justify a, as an upset for you, Simon? Because if it does, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add a, a, a noise and post. So every time that you think that that justifies my upset mania, I'm going to add some weird noise in post. So you let me know. I'm going to take the Panthers in this game because, frankly, the Falcons, they they – did you see the game last week? It was a Falcons finish. They, the Chargers didn't want to win that game. They uh, fumbled, neither did the Falcons. So they fumbled the ball in which the Falcons player picked it up, started running, and I, I guess a gust of wind blew it right out of his arms, and he fumbled it right back to him. Chargers are out of field goal range, and then the very next play, they just let him get right back in field goal. That's a Falcons finish if I've ever seen one. That This game on Thursday night, I guess, ugh, two shitty teams. But, man, two weeks ago, they put on one of the most entertaining games I've seen all year. Two bad teams slugging it out. I'm going to take Carolina in the revenge game at home. Why not? So so I'm, I'm going to take Atlanta here. Do I think that this fits in upset mania? No, I don't. It's a three-point three spread here, and it's this is... I like Atlanta because... Carolina last week benched PJ Walker in favor of Baker Mayfield at halftime. And now they're going with PJ Walker again to start this next game. I just feel that 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 seems like a team that is in a little bit of disarray. However, when we're talking about fantasy players, I said Terrace Marshall's name last week. I'm going to say it again this week. I know only, he only had three catches, but hey, one of them was for a touchdown. He had six targets. That's a two-man receiving offense. He should not be on the waiver wire. He should and not be on the waiver wire. There are there are worse players to start and keep an eye because I think that he is down the stretch. Nick and I both love this kid coming into the league. The talent is there. Robbie Anderson gone has opened up something for him, and I like him down the stretch. 
um, as an option. So pick him up if he is on your waiver wire right now. Where are we heading to? Oh, I, th- I think we got to wake up early. Guten Tag to our German listeners. Uh, we got, we got. V Gates. <laughs> v Gates. Uh, we're, we, uh, we're going to uh, Germany. Hello, Germany. Nice to see you. But it's a Buccaneers home game and the Seahawks are in town. So last week, I was the only member of the podcast who had faith in not only a Tampa Bay victory, but I said it was going to be the Kate Otten game. FNA, sure Cotton, as shit, Sure as shit, Kate Otten was the guy that Tom Brady went to down the stretch. And for Tom's sake, I hope he has some crypto advice for him next. Oh, boy. Is that too soon? Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I don't think I don't know how the prices are for things in uh, in Germany right now. But uh, I also don't think this one's going to go well. I-, I alluded to it earlier: the fact that Tampa Bay couldn't find the end zone till the end of the game. Seattle is playing with house money, and I, I like the Seahawks. Just keep it going right now. I'm taking Seattle in this one, and. I, I know Tampa Bay is favored, so I don't know if you're going to say this is a part of upset mania or not. But I'm going to say no. There's no upset in this one. I think this is a close enough game. Yeah, when you're when you're in the uh, when you're in Deutschland, there is no upsets here. Uh, reports are coming out that Tom Brady half his fortune is tied up in cryptocurrency and it's crashing, and he's due to lose you know, a couple hundred million dollars. So now we That's know why. Now we know why he's still playing. That that explains a lot and probably explains why he's very stressed out off the field. But here's the thing about that. I think that that win last week lit a fire under that team, and now they go to Germany and they get treated like the (laughs) American rock stars that they are that Tom Brady hasn't had in a year, two years. Tom Brady's kind of been like, you know, we're over him. He's, He's past his prime. Now he you know, goes to Germany, and everyone's just like, "Oh, Tom! Oh, Tom! Oh, Tom!" And he eats it up. And I think the Bucks keep on winning, and they German beat Seattle. <laughs> I, I, I just, uh, I, I just do, I do think that now that you say it, yeah, Tom, Tom Brady probably would play really well in Germany, huh? <laughs> right? Right? They're gonna love him in Germany too. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> the there's a Hail Mary. I mean, Hail Mary. Uh, <laughs> well, by the way, well, wait, hold on. By the way, <laughs> listeners. Just so you know, we listen to our own advice here. Uh, as Simon did say last week, he thought that was going to be the Kate Otten game. FNA Cotton, I picked him up in our league, and that touchdown helped me win high points for the week yet again. Charlie, sorry, buddy, you lost it by a point. But anyway, where are we off to next? We got, uh, we're going to Buffalo. We got the really fun game here, I think. We got the Vikings playing the Bills. This would have been a lot more fun had Josh Allen still be mm-hmm. healthy. Uh, them losing to the Jets was not because Josh Allen's elbow hurt. Let's just get that. Nope. Let's get that correct. Okay, the Jets beat the Bills. That's, that's how it is. The Vikings barely beat the Commanders, but hey, look, good teams find a way to win, and apparently, decent quarterbacks find a way to look like an idiot on the airplane home. As for this game. In Buffalo, it's hard for me to pick against them, but I mean, Josh Allen ain't playing. I'm going to take the Vikings, I think. I think I'm taking Minnesota in Buffalo. 
So is that is how's that for your upset mania? Well, so I sure we, we can put that upset mania because guess what, Nick? What that, Simon? Josh Allen has not been ruled out yet. Uh oh, he, he still could play. I don't think so. Even if he does play, I'm still taking the Vikings. What? So that's wow. right. I'm taking Minnesota here. And listen, you, you hit the nail on the head. The Jets beat the Bills. That that's that game they did. And listen, obviously, Sauce Gardner is very unique. And I know he got beat on that, you know, 40 yard throw uh, pass to Diggs early on. But for the rest of that game, he was fucking lights out. And he should be defensive rookie of the year this year. He's got God, my no. vote. Uh, yep. I mean, I don't have one, but he, he'd have it if I did. Um, and so I, I'm taking the Vikings here, though. I think the Bills are vulnerable right now. And again, Allen is not 100%, even if he does play. Although it would be a very interesting uh, Case Keenum, Stefan Diggs revenge game for Buffalo if uh, Allen sits. So uh, <laughs> there is that little wrinkle in the storyline. Could be fun. Right. Uh, what's up? What's up next, Chuck? Next, we're going. To, we got a battle of the NFC North. We got the Lions going to Chicago to play the Bears. Lions and Bears. Where are the Tigers? Um, I'm gonna go with the Bears here. Um, Justin Fields. Holy fucking shit! He has turned it on, and it, it, strictly from fantasy purposes, he has been QB one over the, like the last four weeks, I believe. If you if you take that those numbers, he is lights out the acceleration that he had after that pump fake in the air was just amazing on that touchdown run and Mike McDaniel telling him to stop scrambling uh, on the sideline for first downs was awesome. Um, The lions again, we've, we've talked about the lions. They are such a disappointment and I, I just don't think that their defense is going to hold up Justin Fields. And I don't, which wide receiver you want to have there, I don't know. But uh, Justin Fields, I think he'll get it done just enough with his legs against Detroit. How do you see this one? Is Justin Fields playing better? Yes. Kind of looks like all of a sudden this young quarterback just clicked. Like The game stopped. It started moving slower. His natural ability started to really show. Are the Bears as a team playing better? Yes. Are they at home? Yes. Are they going to win this game against the terrible Detroit team? Nope. I'm taking the Lions. I told you I wasn't going to pick the Lions until I had a reason to. Well, they won last week, so I'm back on it, baby. Back on the Motown train. I'm thinking the Lions are going into Chicago and winning this game because everybody's now all about Chicago. Oh, they're so good. They're playing so much better. Look out for the Bears. Look out for the Bears. They almost beat the Dolphins. This is the NFL. Guess what happens? I don't care what happened last week. They're still not that good of a team. I think the Lions come in and surprise everyone. Oh. All right. Where, where, where are you going to next? Next, we got the Broncos going to Tennessee to play the Titans. Oh, the Denver Broncos. Oh, the Denver Let's ride. Broncos. When did the, the last time we saw the Broncos, they were in London squeaking out a win. Then I watched this Tennessee team, and I can... I, I don't think I've ever been more confused at an NFL team than I was about the Tennessee Titans. I said last week, if the Titans can at least hang with the Chiefs, I may start taking them more serious. I didn't think they were going to. Well, this game went into overtime. Patrick Mahomes had to throw the ball 60 times to win. Yet, the Titans' offense 
is so one-sided that you could put nine guys, ten guys in the box to stop Derrick Henry, and that would work because they won't let Malik Willis throw the ball. And wide receivers don't even catch a ball. I don't understand this team. I just don't. I I, I can't put my. I'm gonna take the Broncos. I, I I'm gonna have to assume that maybe they upset got some momentum. Mania. Maybe they got mania right maybe there. they got some momentum. Their defense. I know they they let go of Chubb, but that's still a really good defense. They go into a uh, into a Tennessee team that doesn't throw the ball. I'm gonna have to take the, the Broncos in this. Simon, do you agree? So. I'm going to take the Titans here. And one of the reasons they don't throw the ball is because their receivers don't get enough separation. And AJ Brown was letting people know about it on Twitter during that game uh, <laughs> Sunday night. Uh, so I, I am taking Tennessee here uh, because listen, the Broncos, they, they have to prove it to me at this point. And Nathaniel Hackett has been absolutely awful as a head coach. I agree. I don't know that two weeks makes them any different coming off of the bye. I know they had the win in London, but man, like Russell Wilson has been getting piled on all season long and he hasn't really responded. Like, yes, again, I know that they beat Jacksonville, but barely. And Jacksonville's not a very good team either. So, uh, I'm I'm taking Tennessee here. And did you guys catch the uh, exchange that uh, Mike Chirico uh, recapped on mm-hmm. uh, Sunday Night Football? Mm-hmm. Said that uh, during the week's conversations, he uh, saw Derrick Henry and he went up to him and said, uh, "Hey, I was the best best running back in football." And Derrick Henry said, "No, that's Nick Chubb." So, okay. just well, uh, well Derrick Henry has an Alabama education, so I can't trust that at all. <laughs> Where are we going to next, Charlie? Even he wouldn't have taken a running back in the first round. Mm-hmm. Who's that upset maniac talking? Uh, yeah. Anyways, we've got uh, we've got the Jaguars going to Kansas City. Well, I ho- I hope I sure as shit hope that this one he's taking Jacksonville because I'm taking Kansas City here. Um, listen, Jacksonville, they're they looked spry last week, but again, it was against the Las Vegas Raiders. So I'm taking Kansas city here. Um, that offense is just going to be too much still. Um, is this it? Is this, is this upset mania for you, Nick? Come on. Well, let's see. I think Jacksonville is a pretty good team that just hasn't learned how to win yet. They won last week. Kansas city struggled offensively against a pretty bad Tennessee team. So of course I'm going to take Kansas city in a long, Kansas City's going to beat them. I mean, let's not get crazy. I am still trying to win this, uh, this, uh, this race here of picking. You know, not they're all not all going to be upsets. I'm going to take the Chiefs. Uh, they're I think Jacksonville hangs with them for a little bit, but I'll tell you what, Travis Etienne owners, boy, those first couple weeks were rough, but man, we are rolling with some talent now. So I'm glad I hung on to that guy. So uh, I like the Chiefs, but I like Jacksonville's uh, fantasy players as well. So where are we going to next, Chuck? Guys, let's get our track suits on. We got the Houston Texans going to play the New Jersey Giants. <laughs> well, um, I'll tell you what. Houston, even in shambles after the trade deadline massacre and Brandon Cooks basically saying peace. Well, he's back and that team played the best team in football. Okay. I'm going to take the Houston Texans to beat the New Jersey Giants in New Jersey as probably the biggest upset 
of my picks this week. I think the Texans kind of surprise everyone. I told you, look, I like the Giants. I think they're playing well. I think Wandell Robinson is a great pickup, Simon. I think that the Giants are probably going to make some noise down the stretch. They're probably going to beat the Eagles. However, they're not that good. They are susceptible to head-scratching losses, and I think this week is one of them. I'm taking the Texans. I'm definitely taking them plus five. Uh, so I'm I'm taking I'm taking Jersey's uh, Jersey's football team in this one. Uh, I'm taking the Giants. Uh, Damian Pierce uh, was limited in practice on Wednesday with a shoulder injury. Keep an eye on him if you uh, have him in fantasy. But part of the reason that they held their own was because of Damian Pierce and because the Eagles are really bad at stopping the run, particularly without Jordan Davis, who's not on IR. And the Giants are coming off of the bye. Saquon has looked good. I know that... Listen, uh, Wandale Robbins didn't have a great week pre-buy, but I, I, they really like him. And I think he is going to be a focal point of that offense moving forward. I, I just think that the Giants know that they're in a playoff hunt right now. Brian Dable has them clicking. And I think that they kind of build on where they're at and and they just take care of business against Houston. I, I just don't see Houston sustaining it for 16 minutes. All right. Next, we've got the debut of Jeff Saturday, new head coach for the uh, for the Colts. Uh, going to the worst play the play the worst team in football in my opinion the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> you do hate them, friggin' hate them. <laughs> so, as, as you were introducing this game, I was like, oh, of course, well, I'm not going to pick the Colts in this one. And then you're like, oh, it's against the Raiders, and I'm like, well, shit, what the fuck. <laughs> this this might be it. You know what, folks? I'm gonna do it. Do Here it. Here we go, folks. I'm calling the tie in this one. Oh, Let's go. I'm Fucking tie. Oh, I mean, I'm going to go with it. So that means if it's a win or a loss, I am taking the L here. The only way I get a point is if it is a tie. Um, I, and I think I'm, that clarifies and uh, that justifies his upset mania. So I'm I'm going to go with the tie here. Which pile of shit smells worse? <laughs> the Colts. The Colts, because I. I think that for them to sign, he had, so they they made a big deal that he was like, yeah, he was a high school football coach. He has a losing record as a high school football coach. (laughs) Like that is like, that's the wrong, wrong leg to stand on there. Um, I am, I'm taking the Raiders here. I'm going to take the tie. I'm taking the tie, but the Raiders should win this game simply because I, they at least have a head coach who's coached in the NFL. Like, I, I just, this me, is, this is something, and Brown's Twitter was all over this. I'll say this and then I'll let you speak on the, this dumpster fire. But Brown's Twitter was just like, wait, I'm sorry. Somebody hired a high school coach with no NFL coaching experience and it wasn't the Browns. Well, you can burn your bingo cards, folks. Uh, <laughs> how do you see this one? Let me, let me, let me just, um, let me let me say something here. Simon Siegel, Stat Boy Charlie, myself, Nick Angelo. Do you know what we have? Zero coaching experience in the NFL. The exact amount as coaching experience as the Indianapolis Colts new coach, Jeff Saturday. Hey, Jim Ursay, when you see Saturday or for the boys, that's not what he meant. This is a ridiculous thing. 
I know he's a beloved figure in that franchise. I know he was a great center. But what are you telling your fan base? What are you telling the players in the locker room? Hey, this guy can do Hey, well, make him the interim coach. Well, I don't know. You do it. I don't know. I don't well, want to do it. You do it. I mean, what are you, what kind of message are you sending? Meanwhile, Frank Reich was a very light coach. They had a, they're having a bad season. And now you get rid of him. And now you bring in a guy who was on Twitter two weeks prior talking shit about the team he now has to make his coaching debut against in the Las Vegas Raiders on the road, mind you. I'm taking the Raiders in this game because they have Devontae Adams and they have a coach. Indianapolis, I have no idea what you're thinking. If you want him to be the guy, make him an assistant head coach, make him a coordinator. He wasn't even a coordinator. He's literally off the streets. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And if I know anything about the NFL, I know that head coaching is a lot more than X's and O's. It's about leadership. It's about management. It's about making sure that your plan is being taught through all avenues. Jeff Saturday has none of that experience. I can't I'm imagine. Say, I can't imagine that this is going to work out well. And there's one other message that the Colts are sending, and that's to all of those coaches of color who have spent years in the league won't even get the interview for some of these positions, and yet Jeff Saturday gets handed this job. And I believe that if you go outside of the organization, the Rooney rule probably should still come into play. So I do wonder if the Colts get looked at this and dinged for this in the future. Cause this wasn't, you know, I know he was like a consultant, but he was not on the staff. It's not like they said, Oh, we're going to promote you to head coach. So I'm very curious to, as to how it goes. And, and for the record, I don't want this to work out for the Colts. It should bite them in the ass. It's a terrible look all around yeah, and just just to piggyback off that, Simon, look, everyone, I understand that you can't just hire Eric Bieniemy in the middle of the season. You can't just hire Byron Leftwich in the middle of the season. I get that. I understand that. But what you can't do in regards to that is just pick a random guy. That is just saying, here, this coaching job, this vacancy, it doesn't. It, you do it. Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? You want to come coach my team? All right, you, so here, it's just such a bad look. Here, here's here's the question. Here's the question. This is something else that went on, around on Brown's Twitter, and we'll, we'll we'll do this, and then we'll move on. Who is the player from your franchise's history that they would bring in and be the head coach? And like, I've I've got to imagine for the Browns, it's like. Joe Thomas like that's like that's the guy that like would like oh we got to bring somebody oh fuck it we're gonna bring in Joe Thomas like who is the the Steeler and the Buccaneer that (laughs) does uh if they have coaching experience are they disqualified from this uh if they have coaching experience they're disqualified okay so Heinz Ward is no not on the table here huh who is the guy that would come in and just I mean He's getting honored this week in the the Hall of uh, Fame or the whatever the hell they call it, the Hall of Honor. Um, Heath Miller 
<laughs> just think <it's> <laughs> okay yeah i can see that i can see i mean, I mean the, the, that's the, the, good. yeah that's still, a good one they still heath everywhere they go across this country the guy hasn't played in six years so yeah heath miller i'd say all right step boy charlie who, who would come in to coach the buccaneers my my joke answer would be tom brady of course because <laughs> the last two minutes of that game looked freaking perfect all done by brady uh but i think in terms of like a legacy bucks legend um booger mcfarland (laughs) (laughs) yuck 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 from the same from the same team though i think uh derrick brooks would probably make a great coach i would pay money to see warren sap on the sideline warren sap would (laughs) <laughs> you see, but I, I, I'm like Bobby Knight is for whatever reason. I'm just getting images of that, basically. You know, <laughs> like that's like get rid of hard knocks and just give me Warren Sapp coaching the Buccaneers, specifically Tom Brady in the in the, in the Buccaneers, because oh. Tom's going to be playing there until he qualifies for retirement. Uh, Financially, he has to. Tom Brady mixing yeah. it up like that too. Ooh, that's Wait, what's up next. All right, uh, next up. We are going to Green Bay. We got the Cowboys playing the Packers. Green Bay, I told you, is done. They they're not they're not going to do anything this year. The window is closed. They did nothing at the trade deadline. I don't even know if I can have faith in them next year. With that being said, I don't really care about the Cowboys very much. I like Tony Pollard, but I don't they're going to Green Bay in November. I'm taking the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers somehow wills this game even with a banged up Aaron Jones. I just can't see Aaron Rodgers losing what it, would this be? 6 games in a row. I can't see it happening not in Green Bay, not at Lambeau. Dallas coming off the bye feeling good for no real good reason. I'm taking the Packers. Upset mania. Simon oh! That's certainly upset mania. I'm taking Mike McCarthy going back to Green Bay and, and getting the W here. And please, please, for the love of God, free Tony Pollard. And you, yeah. I'm saying this as as a big fan of the uh, free Tony fucking Pollard. I mean, he's the Where guy. Are you to next? He's the guy. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got the Cardinals facing. The Rams coming off of a crushing loss to the Buccaneers. (laughs) Crushing loss. So, man, this one is really tough. So, on Wednesday, it was announced Matt Stafford in concussion protocol. Apparently, it was suffered during the game. Wasn't caught until, like, a follow-up evaluation. So, currently, he is, you know, undetermined what's going on there. And Arizona, they just did a walkthrough today, but apparently Kyler is dealing with a hamstring and he was listed as would not have participated had it been a practice. So that makes just a really ugly game even uglier. I'm going to take Arizona. That's an upset for Simon. Yeah, you you know it's bad in LA if I'm taking Arizona to beat you. Um, But... I just, I don't, I don't, 
the Rams are still giving out red vines, folks. And uh, it's <laughs> now now they're just that weird house on the street Damn. that offers you candy. <laughs> the the uh, They offered, what, two first rounders and a second for Brian Burns or something like that from Carolina. And good good for the Panthers for staying back because Brian, Bur- that's a guy you can build around. Uh, but I'm 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 selling all of the Rams share sh- shares right now. I'm going to take Arizona as much as that will pains me to say. Well, it was fun. I was with Charlie on Saturday uh, at Pig Beach here in Astoria, Queens, and they were playing the replay of the NFC divisional round game between the Rams and the Bucks. And it was <laughs> fun to watch Charlie watch that game and still somehow root for that field goal not to go in. It was like, this has already happened, buddy, but he was still rooting. It was fun. As for this game, I don't want to pick it. Like, Stafford, does. they are like, Stafford has a concussion. Why? I don't know. Something's got to explain how bad he's playing. As for Kyler Murray, he, he doesn't have a hamstring. His butt fell asleep from playing 48 straight hours of Call of Duty. <laughs> I don't like either of these teams. What a difference a year makes. Arizona was like undefeated for the first nine weeks last year. The Rams won the Super Bowl. And now I can't literally tell you who's going to win this game. I have no idea. Los Angeles at home? Question mark? That's my that's that's my pick. Los Angeles at home. Where are we going to next? Next, we got the Sunday night game. We got uh, the Chargers going against uh, the Christian McCaffrey led 49ers in San Francisco. Well, I'm going to tell you straight up. It's I, I'm going to take the 49ers in this game. The Chargers, I think we all are in agreement, are playing very underwhelmingly and they aren't getting any healthier at wide receiver. Although Joshua Palmer. Shouldn't be on your waivers. We also love Jimmy G. Love Jimmy G. Uh, look, this is in San Francisco or wherever the hell they play in, in San California. Francisco. In San Francisco. So we both agreed last week or two weeks ago that we think that the second half of this season is going to be the San Francisco 49ers show. You get Christian McCaffrey on your team. He goes wild. They have an entire week off just to get him more acclimated. How can you not? That defense is getting healthier. I think I like San Francisco big time at home, and the Chargers are just, they are they are the definition of mediocrity this year. Simon, I would have to think that you agree with me. I absolutely agree with you. San Francisco all day. And right now, if you are looking at, you know, the top assets in San Francisco in terms of fantasy players, I would rank them as number one, Christian McCaffrey, number two, Brandon Ayuk, and number three, Debo Samuel. I think as good as Christian McCaffrey is for San Francisco, if you're a Debo owner, I think he suffers a little bit. Obviously, he's a little banged up as well, but I think that what Christian McCaffrey does eats into some of the things that they were using Debo to do. He'll still get involved, but I think McCaffrey hurts his ceiling and Brandon Ayuk is the leading receiver on that team. Obviously he's played another game than Debo, but um, I really like him down the stretch as well in terms of that's kind of how I see that fantasy team from a top three perspective. I will, I will agree with you 100%. I am a Debo owner. Uh, I do think Christian McCaffrey cuts into a lot of the, the a lot of the gadgets and trick plays that they would come up with 
for Debo. But if there was one coach and one team and one scheme that could utilize both of them, it's the San Francisco 49ers, which is going to be very entertaining to watch. So, yeah, I like the 49ers, and I like them to get hot down the stretch. Where are we going to next, Charlie? Next, we've got uh, the Battle of the NFC East for Monday night. We've got the Commanders. Going against the worst city in America, the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. I have to. I don't know. It's not a battle for the NFC East. It's a battle of the NFC East. There's a two very distinction in this one. Um, I'm obviously taking Philly here. Um, that team is just clicking. They're at home. Washington. Listen, I don't really understand why they traded for Carson Wentz when Taylor Heinke could have done this all season. Mm -hmm. He's certainly been an upgrade at the position for them. And that team's playing really spunky right now, but I I just think Philadelphia is in a better place. And I I think they're going to kind of roll here, especially they didn't haven't played since last Thursday. They're well rested. They're ready to go. You know, if this game was in Washington, I would play with the idea uh, really because a Washington's playing way better with Tyler Heineke. And the undefeated chatter is getting really loud. I mean, everywhere you go, you have to answer one week at a time, one week at a time. Listen, that, that gets to you. That's going to catch up to them. I think Philly ends up losing to the Giants at least once, probably maybe twice. I don't know. I don't think they lose this week, but yeah, that's going to, uh, that, that undefeated chatter is just too much. Washington going to Philly, though, I don't think it's going to happen this week on Monday night. It is fun for me, though, to see that everyone was all about the city of Philadelphia and the Phillies and the Eagles and whatever dumb soccer team that was. And they're like, why are you talking about soccer? They're in a championship game. Who gives a shit? But now that the Phillies lost the World Series and their dumb soccer team lost that stupid championship, Philadelphia lost two world championships on the same day. So take that soccer fans. Mm, mm, you hate to see it. You really hate. <laughs> yeah. To see hate it. to see it. Charlie, <laughs> I, that brings us to our match. We're really working on our listener count in the city of brotherly love. <laughs> All right. We, we're going to, we're going to South beach. We got our, uh, our Cleveland Browns playing the Miami dolphins. Folks. It's, it's upset mania this week, so oh uh, why why not go with uh, the Cleveland Browns? Listen, I've made a big deal about these next three games because they are a big deal if you want to stay in it. Everything that could have gone wrong last week in terms of the teams that won, well, yeah, they went wrong. So we're really on the outside looking in when it comes to a wild card conversation. And three and five, isn't where you needed to be at this point in the season. Those numbers really needed to be reversed. Well, you get back on track against a conference uh, opponent this week on the road. You're coming off the bye. Build on those good vibes. Miami's defense is not good. Do I think that we can slow down Waddle and Hill? Not really. But I think we can put up enough points that we put ourselves in a position to have that be a one score game at the end. And so I say we stick with the good vibes again. I'm wearing that optimist, optimist costume, at least for one more week. Uh, no bad days here, Simon, no bad days, no bad days. Um, and you know what? Also Vegas thinks it's a three and a half. Miami's 
only a three and a half point favorite. That that tells you all all it needs all you need to know. Vegas thinks this is going to be a close game too. So uh, here we go, Brownies. Here we go, Nick. I don't necessarily disagree with what you just said. I think the Browns, if they play well, and I've seen them do it this year, can hang with the Dolphins. Now, I say that because the Dolphins can't stop anybody. They can shoot out with anybody, and I think that's what's going to get them to win ball games. Here's the here's the fun thing that I want to watch. We all know, even though I don't want to admit it, the best running back duo in the league, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Hold my beer, because Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. are knocking on that door. I want to see... Who is more fresh in the fourth quarter running the ball? That is who's going to win this game because you know you're going to scheme against that aerial attack. Well, Jeff Wilson Jr., Raheem Mostert, it's your turn. Let's see what you can do, especially in the fourth quarter, and I think they end up winning. Now, I don't think they're the best running duo in the league, but they are this week. That's why I'm taking the Dolphins in a close one. So you brought up a very interesting player or, or set of players there in terms of Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. And I knew my bid wasn't likely going to get him. Um, that's why I had the same exact bid for Wandale Robinson, who I wanted. But Jeff Wilson Jr., folks, that is the man you want to own in Miami yep. going the rest of the way. And I'll tell you, there's two big reasons. Number one. Jeff Wilson Jr., extremely familiar with Mike McDaniel's system. Number two, Jeff Wilson Jr., four years younger than Raheem Mostert. Telling you right now, folks, they got Jeff Wilson Jr. for a reason. I think he is the back who gets the majority of the touches and who ranks out rest of the season. That is the guy you want to have in Miami. And I think it, I think that. Mostert will still get opportunities, but I think that becomes the the Jeff Wilson Jr. show sooner rather than later. Yeah, they you you said something there, Simon. They got him for a reason, and that reason is they want to try to keep Mostert as fresh as possible. Why? Because he gets hurt. So either they keep him fresh with only giving him the ball 12 times, or he's going to get hurt. So yes, Jeff Wilson Jr. is a great pickup, even if you have Raheem Mostert in a deep bench. So there you go. But I guess that brings us to my team. Charlie, where are we going? We got the Michael Thomas less new Orleans saints. <laughs> what else is uh, <laughs> going against the Steelers at, uh, at one o'clock? Well, let's just, let's just get into it. I said this in the two minute drill. Kenny, Pick- well, I don't care how the season goes. I got to see how Kenny Pickett, progresses and this is it you have you have the bye week you're going up against a team that's not very good they're not terrible but they're not very good either you haven't won a ball game yet this is a must win for kenny pickett not for the steelers it's not a must win for the steelers who gives a shit it's a must win for kenny pickett if he wants to show the world that he is the guy He's got to win this game, and I think he does, and I think anybody who listened to me from the jump who has Pat Fryermuth on their fantasy team 
you are going to reap the benefits as Chase Claypool is no longer in the middle of the field. It's all going to be Pat Fryermuth. They're even coming out and saying it. I like the Steelers. I like Pat Fryermuth. I hate Cam Jordan. And I don't care about Taysom Hill. I like the Steelers at home. Their first win ever in Akershire Stadium. Sure. Why not? Simon? Yeah. So I think that the bye week can help some teams, but I think that where the Steelers are right now, I don't think it does. And I actually think that George Pickens is the guy that benefits here down the stretch. And I think that Pickett, hopefully a little bit more comfortable, that will be an option that you see. And I think that is a guy that I would target, especially if you have a deep, a a little bit of a deeper bench, I'd give him, but even if you have a small bench, depending on what your options are, I I think there are worse guys to target. Um, But I'm going to take new Orleans in this one. I, I think that they get Alvin Kamara more involved than they did this last week. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't buy that this is the week you get that first win in Akershire. Sorry. Well, I will say this in fantasy wise, if you're, if you're a Chris Olave owner, start, 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 start. I mean, you're probably going to anyway, but if you're one of those lucky teams that have him as your fourth wide receiver, start him, Chris Olave, start him this week. But I, even that, with that being said, I like the Steelers coming out of the bye. Tomlin look a little bit, uh, refreshed in in the press conference i think that they're going to come out they have nothing to lose the 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 journalists at that press conference were all were asking him asinine questions as if hey you know with the way things are going are you thinking about playing certain players to get them experience or hey now that you guys are two wins and you know are you thinking this way like you're just all oh, your. I mean, maybe that's like a hometown thing, and they're just trying to get them fired up. But why are you asking a professional coach, "Hey, now that your team sucks, do you want to play this rookie to get him some experience?" What are you? Why would you ask him that? What do you? What do you think? Especially Mike Tomlin, who doesn't bite for any of that shit. What do you think he's gonna say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? This year, I'm just. Uh, yeah, we kind of hung it up. I don't know. Maybe we'll bring in Jeff Saturday as a coach. Yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah, let's play this guy. What are you doing? Well, that's so, just gonna fire so, them up. So you're doing two. You're doing two things. The first thing that you're doing is you're literally asking questions. And if you don't ask questions about you know random so and so guy who you know oh I I think I'm thinking about picking him up on the bench. Well, let's see if they asked him. Oh, he, you know Tomlin was non-committal on him or whatever. That's that's the first thing that they're doing because if you just have a room full of people who are just asking exactly what the fucking coach wants you to ask, well, okay, what the what the fuck oh, are we doing? Come here? on, that, but that's a little two, bit different. Num- number two, number two is. You don't get all of these Mike Tomlin sayings that you are so fond of if it isn't for the media asking dumb fucking questions. So you can't have your cake and eat it, too. <laughs> they have to ask him dumb questions for him to say fucking badass shit back to him. Right. But that's, like you but gotta... no, no, because no, I, I will disagree because when they ask him dumb questions, normally he just says, no. No, I don't. I, I can't speak on that. You, you'd have to ask him. 
That's what that's that's his response to dumb questions. It's the it's the weird questions that have no answers. Where he says the standard is the standard, and uh, we'll, we'll dictate his participation inside the arena. And, and when we get in stadium, it's it just he's the best. But no, I I think I just I think that they've been completely written off. Their their schedule gets easier, and let's not forget this team has been in every just about every ball game you know they got beat by philly they got beat by buffalo they're the two best teams in the league other than that they have been in every ball game and just haven't pulled out the victory now i'm not making excuses and say they're a good team they're just not lucky no 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 they're not that good of a team but they're not that bad either and i think that this bye week helps kenny pickett get ready or, or it better have get penny <laughs> Kenny Pickett ready because if not, if he comes out and he does what he's been doing and like okay, he's kind of okay and then throws an interception to end the game, then I have some big big problems and I start looking at C.J. Stroud, I start looking at Bryce Young, I start looking at a lot of these quarterbacks coming out of the draft because maybe he ain't it, maybe that ain't fair, but how can you not? How can you not? So let's see. I mean, it's not fair to ask a rookie quarterback in his fourth ever start to win his job for the future i understand that but you got you got to get a win you got to get a win at home you got to against a team that is very capable of giving you that win so let's go kenny i did have the thought as nick was saying our schedule gets easier from here it was just this image of like every other podcast out there, like when they're playing the Steelers saying the exact thing. Well, you know, see, our schedule gets easier from here. We get the Steelers on the schedule. Mm. So it works both ways. Uh, yeah, Nick. True. I, can we just get a home win this year? If he, if, if Kenny Pickett loses, I, I call to the table to change his name legally to Penny kick it. Penny kick it. <laughs> yes, he can. Penny kick it. Yes, he can. I, I, I don't know. Win or lose, Charlie. I think we might be calling him Penny kick it anyways. So I kind of like that. You guys got anything oh else before we get out of here? Honestly, this whole daylight savings thing, I'm so glad this is the last year we have to do it. Like, oh, I almost started explaining it to my daughter, and I was like, wait, you know what? Like, maybe we don't actually have to explain this because it just, like, goes away. Um, just like Pluto did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, he was gone. <laughs> we'll see you next time, folks. 